We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Well, our panel this morning consists of a couple of great guys who are very good at ferreting information out of a particular groups. So this will be interesting this morning. We've got Alex Chapman and Mark Hinton this morning. And Mark Hinton, good morning to you. You've already come up with some scoops around the All Black camp. Have you got any idea what their starting lineup might look like on what they've got left? Morning, Smithy. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a last man standing situation, isn't it? Particularly in the backs with three uh, players ruled out. I don't think you need to be Einstein to work out that Quintu Paia will be um, in that midfield alongside Rico Ioane, that Lester Fonganuku will probably make his test debut on one wing along with Sevu Reese. There just isn't a, a lot of other options. Caleb Clark isn't right yet with that uh, hamstring strain that took him out at the business end of Super Rugby and of course Will Jordan's out with COVID so um, yeah the backs um, kind of almost picked themselves so you know we can't be too surprised really with what we're going to see at 11.30 when the squad's named but the big interest is in that pack isn't it let's face it when the All Blacks play Ireland the way that test matches have gone in recent times it all comes down to how the forward pack um measures up basically how the New Zealand four pack measures up they didn't measure up last November in in either Dublin or in Paris and paid the price so um, very interesting look I would not be surprised to see a beefed up all black forward pack smithy um, there's a bit of talk around about Scott Barrett actually playing at six jeepers he's only played one test match started at six and that was that World Cup semi-final so if that happens that'd be really interesting wouldn't it tempting fate a little bit but um, certainly, for me, going into Test One of this of a captivating series, um, it is all about the All Black forwards, and we'll see today who who those eight um, charged with that responsibility are. But it just seems like Scott Barrett might be there at six. Who knows? Okay, so it's in about an hour and a half's time. Uh, Alex Chapman, good morning to you, Chappy. What are you What are you hearing? What are you thinking from your perspective? Morning, Smithy. Morning, Hinty. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how the All Blacks can leave Dalton Papali'i out of a starting 15, to be honest, but as Mark kind of touched on, you you lose a lot with the line-out if you are to play Dalton Papali'i uh, at six, and you're really relying on potentially using Adi Savia as a line-out option and, and hoping that your locks don't get disrupted too much by what is, as we expect, uh, going to be a very strong Irish team as well, particularly around that forward pack, and, and obviously the, the line-out and the set-piece is massive in the Northern Hemisphere, and that is where they may end up having the upper hand over the All Blacks. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of loose forward trio, I think we have three of the best open-side flankers in the world, and Artie Savia, Sam Kane, and Dalton Papali'i, and it's kind of, how do you leave any of them out of an All Blacks 15 at the moment, particularly Papali'i, who I, I believe is probably the, the best open-side flanker in the country at the moment, if you go just based on Super Rugby form. Obviously, Savia has played a lot of eight recently as well, so um, I'm, I'm hearing the same as Mark in terms of the back line. Um, the forward pack is obviously going to be very interesting. 
Okay, Chappie, uh, you, you know modern technology more than I. Uh, we know that Joe Smith's been called in. Uh, <laughs> you know you know modern technology more than I, I promise that you do. Uh, I know I've still got the off-on button under control. That's about it for me. But how how's Ian Foster, how is Ian Foster and John Plumtree staying in touch with us? Are they somehow remotely filming some of these training sessions and beaming them back in or what have you? How's this working, do you think? I don't know. Apparently, they use sub cameras. Just telling me. No, um, <laughs> it, it must be a bloody difficult job, wouldn't it? it? Especially, it's not like they've got anything they can really fall back on because it is the first test of the year, and then I think that that's what's probably making it really frustrating for them. And it will be frustrating is the the lack of control that they can have. It's not like they can be standing around blowing whistles and. I think rugby coaching from afar is probably a lot harder than it would be for something like cricket, for example. Cricket, you can you can watch and you can dictate things from afar, whereas rugby, you need to be kind of almost holding court on a field. And Steve Hansen was very good at that. As you always knew where Shag was on a training pitch, and and Foster, yeah, he's a little bit more reserved than Steve Hansen was, but you always know where Fozzie is at Admiral Black's training because you can, you know, hear the whistle going or you can hear him barking at someone, and it. Yeah, it, it would be a bloody tough job, to be honest. I don't know how they're getting around it, but it's not a job I'd want to be doing, to be honest. Okay, then uh, that brings me to the next question, Mark Hinton. Uh, it's about five to six weeks early for Joe Smith, but he's there. What influence uh, in, in the selection? What influence in this game plan for him? Well, it's, uh, it's interesting. They're playing it down um, very much so. Um, look, I don't think it's as much as a, of a factor as the Northern Hemisphere media are making out like he's going to be kind of giving out state secrets. Look, it's been well signposted that Joe Schmidt's coming back into New Zealand rugby. He's had a role with the Blues for the entire year. He's going to become an all-black selector at the end of this, ser- uh, end of this series. Um, you know, he's back involved in New Zealand rugby and needs must. Um, three coaches went down this week, so they called him up. It just made sense. I don't think there's anything sinister in it. Um, and he's only, uh, from what from what they're saying, he was um, on on the park on Tuesday. Will be again today, but I don't know if he's even going to the game on Saturday. They, the sort of noises out of the All Blacks camp was that he was just there for for another set of eyes on the training park. So look, I don't read anything too much into it. They needed uh, another coach, but he is a very valuable resource to call on. And if you've got him as part of your your sort of setup, why wouldn't you call on a guy with? Joe Schmidt's insight with Joe Schmidt's experience and Joe Schmidt's ability, you know, so it just makes sense. Look at what I find interesting, you talk about how Ian Foster's staying in touch, he's zooming in um, to a lot of the meetings, uh, but it was interesting that Sam Kane said that they more or less are kind of silencing uh, uh, Fuzzy and, and Plumtree because they're not there in the room and they don't want them sort of participating too much, so that was interesting. Players are very much talked about it being a player-led week even earlier than it normally is, which is pretty standard for the All Blacks around Thursday. The players kind of take over and really lead lead the the messaging and the, the, the discussion heading into a test. It's just how it operates in the modern environment. Um, that's kind of happened a bit earlier this week out of necessity as well. But interesting that Ian Foster's fronting today at the um, uh, via Zoom um, at the team naming press conference. So clearly he doesn't want to be left out of this week too much. He wants to contribute. It's still his team. And I, I can understand that, Smithy, because there's a very big danger of there being a storyline. If the All Blacks come out and play really <laughs> well on Saturday <laughs> and uh, you know uh, have a convincing victory and a strong performance, 
that the Uber is better without Foster there. You know, you can see that storyline emerging, so I'm sure he, he wants to be uh, proactive and make sure that doesn't emerge too much. Well, particularly if they turned around and lost two and three and they won this one. Uh, and I can't think for one second uh, any journalist I know would uh, be at the bottom of a storyline like that, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, Mark Hinton, shall we, shall we just take a look back, uh, what, about uh, 12 hours or so, to uh, a pretty good game of rugby, actually, between uh, the Maori All Blacks and uh, Ireland. What did you make of that performance? Enjoyed it. Look, it, it reinforces that the Māori have a um, a place on the rugby landscape. That they're a a really good team, and that they have a lot of those intangibles that that you know they can bring to an occasion that makes them um, such a, um, a quality outfit. Really, you know, if you look through that Māori team, um, not world beaters in terms of Super Rugby. There was one or two that were sort of. Um, you know, had really good Super Rugby seasons, the likes of Cullen Grace, but a lot of them were kind of just journeyman kind of Super Rugby players. But you put them in those in that mouldy jersey, Smithy, and they grow an arm and a leg, don't they? So their record mm-hmm. against the year one is absolutely outstanding. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed especially the first 40 when they really shut the Irish out. And four injuries already for the touring Irish. Um, a squad that's pretty tight when they're asked to play these uh, add-on games. Uh, it's getting interesting for, for Andy Farrell. I wouldn't want any more injuries this weekend. It could get um, a little bit ugly. Yeah, biggest belief, actually. I mean, I know 40 still a lot of players to take on tour, but the hard part hasn't started yet, you would think, and particularly when you're starting to deal with the cream of the crop, and they're the ones that are vulnerable come Saturday night at 7.05. Very, very interesting indeed. Um, Chappie, um, the Murray side, they, they don't get quality opposition at that level very often. They have to play Spain, Brazil, Samoa, um, all around the joint. And all of a sudden, uh, they cop someone and they get them. Um, that's, that was a pretty good performance, I think, for a, a side Clayton McMillan didn't have all that a lot of time with. No, and I think that's the thing. is, Imagine if they had a lot more time together. Imagine if they had a, a full window like the All Blacks get, for example, and what they could do. And I know they went on tour a, a couple of years ago and as you touched on that, I think played against the US and maybe against Brazil and absolutely pants them, as you would expect, because a lot of these guys are fringe All Blacks. You look at someone like TJ Perinata, who I, I, I actually hadn't realised hadn't played for the Māori All Blacks, which <laughs> seems unfathomable because he's almost... Um, the the voice of of Maori rugby, uh, and also he leads the hucker a lot when he's with the All Blacks. But for him to come out and play for for the Maori for Brad Weber to share that co captaincy with him, and I thought Weber spoke really well afterwards to Carlton on on Sky's coverage, saying we just wanted to play our style of rugby, the Maori way of playing rugby. Which that length of the field try right on half time, I thought probably summed up. Māori rugby, it, it, it's backyard footy, it's having fun on the marae, it's, it's playing footy with your mates and that was so, so much excitement in that try, it was just, I don't know, something out of a schoolyard or something off the marae and um, yeah, it was just really, really fun footy which I don't think we actually probably see at the international level very often but Mark's right to, to lose some of the players that they have already, Ian Henderson, Rob Herring, uh, losing Ken Healy yesterday, who is such a, a key figure in that Ford pack, even if he is kind of not not as um, important as he once was the veteran, he's still very much a voice in that Irish team, losing him uh, to that lower leg injury, it looked like will, will be massive for the Irish, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tight turnaround for them. But as Andy Farrell said afterwards, they've got 15 very capable guys that were in the stands last night. 
<coughs> Absolutely, they have. <coughs> as, as long as they don't lose two or three of those, and then it'll become very, uh, very tough for them uh, as uh, time goes on. And it's a brief tour, but it's a very, very bruising one. Uh, Chappie, uh, the other point of interest, of course, I guess for Aucklanders uh, this weekend, and people wanting to travel to uh, to Mount Smart Stadium, is that uh, the Warriors of, uh, are now home. Uh, amongst a, a porphyry and a, a lot of um, a lot of celebration, a lot of emotion. Uh, how do you think this week in the Warriors' life's going to be? I, I, the favourite, maybe not my favourite thing. My favourite thing was seeing the Warriors walking back into Mount Smart. But one of the most comedic parts of them returning home on Tuesday was Sean Johnson sitting up in one of the lounges and pointing out and explaining the field to a whole lot of different players. Who you look at someone like Wade Egan, who's played fifty games for the Warriors and he hasn't played at Mount Smart. It's just it's unfathomable. But uh, the, these are the times we live in. So uh, I, I I love that the Warriors the last couple of days have been talking about yeah it's great to be home we're so happy to be home but we would really need to snap this losing streak and we need to make this coming home party worthwhile for our fans more than anything it's a sellout crowd at Mount Smart on Sunday it's going to be one heck of an atmosphere it will be very daunting for the West Tigers it will be emotional for some of the Warriors I expect to see a couple of tears from some of those players as they walk back out onto Mount Smart but they now need to turn around and Look at that bye last weekend is a fresh start to the season. They now know that they're home. They get to play at home twice now for the rest of the season. They need to make the most of those opportunities and they need to say thank you to their fans who have stuck with them for what has been a pretty torrid couple of years for the Warriors. They've gone through coaches, they've gone through players and they've really, really struggled for consistency. Most recently, um, probably the most notable reason for that or the most notable um, implementation of that. So... Uh, yeah, they, they need to go out and win. They're home, go out and win now. That's the most important focus. Yeah, what I didn't realise, Mark, is uh, when I looked at the, the upcoming matches, they're only home for about a week and then they're gone again and they've got a couple of games in Australia. They, they to and fro like it's a, like a, a normal season as such, which of course it isn't. Uh, what, have you, what have you made of the Warriors' uh, homecoming and what are you expecting, more, uh, more importantly, against West Tigers? Well, isn't it? Not to give them a spell of home games, but from the NRL, that would be my first observation. Just cruel, but not surprising. It's tough to get an even break when you're a Kiwi team in an Aussie competition. Um, look, I, I just hope they can front. I just hope they can kind of um, ride that emotion that will be there from that 25,000-odd uh, at Man Smart Stadium. I hope they can produce a performance. Their fans deserve it. Um, the players, you know, for all they've gone through, and I know, I mean, I'm, I'm closer to the breakers, guys, but it's been two, 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 you know, I wouldn't say torturous, but two brutal years for, for, for these New Zealand teams playing in Australia competitions, and, you know, there is some light at the end of the tunnel. So I, I, I really just hope that we can see the kind of the real warriors. Um, whether we do in week one, you know, it's, it's probably expecting a lot. But I just hope the emotion, which is always a big part of sport, you know that, Smithy. Um, I just hope the emotion can drag the Warriors to a level that we just haven't seen them at the la- over the last couple of months. So I think it's crossed because, uh, you know, there's the, the, the crowd will be there. And I just hope the crowd's a bit better behaved than they were last weekend when we saw one or two incidents at the end of that Kiwis uh, Tonga test that perhaps were a bit unsavoury. So, um, yeah, if you're going along to Mount Smart, don't forget, behave yourself, don't throw anything. <laughs> Uh, on the on the yeah, exactly on the basketball uh, theme, of course, uh, Tall Blacks in action tonight against the Philippines and uh, the National Women's Basketball League underway last night. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot going on. Washington time, historic women's league got underway. Pretty special 
it's kind of been um, um, completely sort of revamped uh, along the lines of five kind of franchises all seem to today are Maori themed names. Um, but paying these women money that's never been seen in the women's game. Each team has, has three imports, Smithy. We've got some of New Zealand's best players back. So it's exciting times for women's basketball. Well done to basketball. New Zealand to Sky is a big part of that. It's their money that's underwriting this competition and getting the, this quality of players uh, back. And, and great to see the Bull Blacks in action, a bit like the Warriors and, and, and so many sporting areas. We just haven't been able to see them at home in the last couple of years, probably at least two to three years. For them to play a home game with Coach Perry Cameron, he's been the coach for about two or three years. I think this will be his first home match with the Tall Blacks. Um, it's just, you know, extraordinary times, and hopefully it's a big step back towards normality. Um, I'm hoping to go along tonight, um, All Blacks were permitting to, to, to see that game because it will be pretty special, like so many sporting events are, Smithy, as, as, as we get back towards hopefully the new normal. Yeah, the new normal. Um, the new normal resembling something like the old normal would be fantastic. Mark, thanks for your, your help this morning, your contribution, and to you too, Chappie. Have uh, a great weekend, fellas. Plenty on our plates, as you say, starting tonight and right through until Sunday night. Quality action, New Zealand teams on home soil. Thanks, gents. We'll have another panel tomorrow morning uh, around about uh, this time, actually around 10.20. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.